fulfilling needs. What I call CSI selling. In other words, convince and evidence. One of the first methods of getting attention is to continue to build rapport. And one of the most, absolutely most successful ways to do that is to ask questions. Get to know your prospective buyer and get to understand the reasons for meeting you. And you have to get the prospect to discuss something that intrigues them. See, many sales professionals open with the same old cliché. Hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm here to sell you on such-and-such. -such. Buyers don't care about that today. They don't want biographical information. What the buyer really wants is useful information and how it's going to assist them now. Remember, what's in it for me dominates every single conversation and every single sales situation. So here's some additional information that's going to help you to open up your conversations a little bit, listen more, and get to get you to understand what's going on in the buyer's head. Do this first with one of the very first things that I learned from one of my very first instructors, Norman Strauss. And he said to me, you have to have a question bearing on a need. And I asked him, what was that? And he said, and I quote, from a course I had taken many years ago, Drew, with Dale Carnegie and Associates, the statement of question bearing on a need is of particular interest to any buyer. See, what you need to do is you need to ask a question that relates to their needs and focuses on their issues. See, it begins to fit the conversation because of the fact it doesn't judge anything. All you're trying to do is move to a suggestion of yeses. I like that. So I learned this approach from the very first days that I started to sell, and it really has been an absolutely wonderful tool to use. See, the question bearing on a need creates immediate action from the buyer. It automatically engages them. See, if the buyer engages with you, you have their attention, and then you can quickly start to interact with them to resolve their issues. Additionally, the question opener is really very easy but it's the most difficult part to do simply because you need to frame it in the form of a question. All you need to do is sit back and then listen to the reply. So it might say something like this. If there are a way that I can give you a brand new home and you wouldn't have to put that much money down, would you be interested? Most people should say yes. If there are a way that I can decrease the amount of pounds that you're carrying on your body allow you to eat the similar foods that you are now and still enjoy the process, would you be interested in doing so? The answer is typically going to be yes. But see, I've had over 25, 26 years of research in doing this, and I simply understand that it does take a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of merit to do so. So here's what I want you to do. Take a moment now, I'm going to silence, and think of an issue in the form of a question that you would like to ask a particular buyer at this time. Formulate right now a buyer in your head. Get it? Do you have that buyer in your head right now? Now that you've got it, now ask them a question as if you met them for the very first time so that you can get an immediate yes. Go ahead. Do you have the question? Tell you what, let's do it a second time. Let's start this way. 
if there were a way or if I can assist you by and now fill in the blank. Now that you have that, now ask the question, might you be interested? See, it's not that easy, but here's what you need to do. You need to, one, practice putting these things into questions. And two, what you also need to do is you really need to practice in front of the mirror. You need to convince yourself. I have a wonderful mentor that I had worked with many years ago, and one of the very first things he said from the sales perspective was, the first sale is to yourself. And that's true. You have to convince yourself that you can do this. So remember, the first sale is to yourself. To get additional information and to give additional information, the information that you need to be cautious of is the information that's going to be pertinent to the client, him or herself. So to explain, in other words, you would ask a question such as, Mr. Buyer, are you aware that one in seven people might obtain diabetes due to lack of a poor diet. See, this is very helpful, both to you and to the client, because it illustrates that you've gone ahead and you've completed some homework that is going to be very, very pertinent to the client needs. It also helps you because you immediately focus on the client issues, and that's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to know what is meaningful to them. See, facts then enable you to engage the client if they were the one that are going to be enjoying the benefit, not only so much of the statistics, but of the value that they get from you in knowing those statistics. See, numerical information is very important. People like facts. They like figures. People, especially in an exercise environment, tend to get a little cautious about facts and figures, especially when you're talking about health. So when you give them information that is proof positive, then all of a sudden, you're going to start capturing more attention. See, numerical information and facts are quite striking, especially if they're delivered very well. They will certainly gain attention from any buyer, but you have to be cautious. Now, you do need to be a little bit cautious with statistical information because some people also like to challenge you. So you want to make sure that you have information such as when the study was completed and how many had participated. You might want to have the study with you to assist in supplying the information should somebody have any additional questions. In fact, from time to time, I recommend that you even give copies of that information, whether it's industry research or articles or what have you, go ahead and give it to the buyer. Let them read it for themselves. They might not have seen the content, and it will definitely solidify your experience as an industry leader. You know, what's interesting here is people are buying your expertise, and that's what I'd like you to be considering throughout this program. It's your expertise that's going to make them buy. The third tool that you have now is curiosity. To begin your conversation, you need to suggest to the buyer something that arouses curiosity and appeal. If you're selling vitamin supplements, as an example, you might ask the client if they've heard the latest news on the lack of minerals in the amount of processed foods that are available today. You might even arouse curiosity because of the fact that there's new nutritional information available that people hadn't heard of before. Quite obvious, the buyer is always going to be intrigued and will continue to ask you questions. 
The other side of the coin is you can then ask them questions. That curiosity is what's going to get you additional information. The fourth tool, referrals. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't think of a better opportunity to convince and provide evidence to any particular buyer. See, what always separates a great sales professional from a good one is always getting referrals. See, referral selling is so important today because it establishes differentiation. It also allows you to do less work. With the innovation in technology and the need to get from place to place and, and do so many different things, we're so bombarded with information. But the fact is, if somebody can walk you in the door and you can minimize the amount of work you do, therefore decreasing your labor intensity, well, gosh, it'll get you a whole lot more business. And more importantly, referrals are the things that people perk up to. So if I were to say to you right now, hello, Mr. Smith, Jane told me to call you. Right away, you're more apt to lay down your defenses and speak to me because somebody who you like, whether it's a relative or a friend, is going to say, hey, you need to talk to Drew Stevens because he's got something of value to you. It's a great way to open up a conversation. It really does provide the attention that you need. And more importantly, you gain testimonials from referrals, which is the second part of this and actually another tool in your tool bag. You see, because the way that you're going to convince people is with testimonials. If people like what they hear and other people are telling them the results that they have gained from you, well, gosh, that's the best way to make a sale. Let them know what you have available. Finally, the last is newsworthiness. Similar to the questions on statistical information, newsworthy content always is helpful. Sales professionals have to be like squirrels in winter, always sticking away the nuts when you need them. You need to gather any and all information that you can use and pass on as needed. I have a voracious appetite for reading, and I suggest you all do the same. You want to keep up with industry publications, newspapers, books. Gosh, there's a plethora of websites available now, blogs. You can utilize things like RSS feeds to get the latest information. And I know I'm getting a little technical here, but I don't want to go too above your head other than to say to you, you need to have information at the ready. See, because clients love to have that information. They love to have the latest thing. Now, buyers don't like taking a lot of risk. But I will say to you, if you can prove to them the importance and the relevance of this information that's going to resonate with them, well, my gosh, they're going to move. They are more apt to move simply because of the expertise that you're providing. Recall what I mentioned in the previous chapter when I said to you earlier about content being king. See, everybody, everybody wants to be in the know. And the sooner you can get information into their hands, the better. If it's interesting to the buyer, they'll want to hear about it. However, I encourage all of you to be very, very curious at times and even a little bit cautious. I want you to pass around information, but just information, not rumor not speculation. See, there's plenty of that garbage going on in the world, but people really want truthful, honest, relevant information. So if you hear about a gym closing and you hear about all of these different things, about steroids and bad things of that nature, simply ignore it. Just go on proof positive because that's what the buyers are looking for. 
simply your expertise. If you can't gain any attention from a buyer, you get nothing. Many people shy away from this step thinking that it's not really a big deal and you really don't have to do all that much to get in front of a prospect. Well, you do have to do a lot. See, buyers just don't have the time. And you, as a sales professional, as an exercise professional, even as an entrepreneur, you're an intrusion. Face it, people are just too busy. The more that you provide value, the better off you're going to be, the less of an intrusion you're going to be. And so if you do that, then I will say to you this, you're going to get in front of more prospective buyers because they like the expertise that you're exhibiting. They want to have the knowledge that you're sharing, and they want to be with somebody that can truly assist them in reaching their goals. Remember, the best way to go ahead and really give and get information is to provide for the buyer as much evidence as possible and then continually ask questions. The more questions you ask, the more information you can provide. And more importantly, the more questions you ask, the more feedback you get from the client.